official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only, Adam Hello? Can anyone hear me? Does anyone remember laughter? Uh, welcome to the Adam Sank Show. First off, we have no idea if this sound is working. Uh, apparently a new audio board was installed in the studio during the week, which is fabulous. But um, JB was unable to connect any of the microphones to it today or something. There was some fucked up shit. He's been working very hard for the past half hour to fix it. Um, give us a call if you're listening live. Gail, I'm thinking specifically of you. 804-TALK-ASS. That's 804-825-5277. Call us and just tell me how the show sounds. Ryan, you say something now? It, this has been a very stressful morning once again at the Adam Sank Show. Yes, it has. It's what we do best. JB, can you say something? Hi, I'm busy. Bye. Can you hear us? Can anyone, <laughs> can anyone hear, hear us? us? I've also been instructed not to put on my headset, headphones. Oh, no, you can put them on. Oh. You just can't um, put them on the microphone or oh, go near I, the microphone because oh. a horrible squealing sound will ensue. I can provide a horrible this squealing is a good sound. good time. Like. It's, it's shocking that we lost the podcast award. It is. Giving really this level really of technical expertise. Yes, we did lose. Oh. Uh, and Derek and Romaine lost in every category they were nominated in, which is bullshit. But the good news is uh, the winner of the LGBTQ Best Podcast Award goes to If These Ovaries Could Talk, which is a DNR studio show. Fabulous. So congratulations the, to them. Uh, 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 an award comes home. Yes. Maybe not to us. Certainly not to us. Never to us. Um, but I want to thank all of you who voted. And if the iPad were working right now, I would hit the applause sound effect to congratulate if he, Ryan's doing a ceremonial slow clap. Oh, my God. Look at that. Oh, my God. JB got it. Or JB got his own. They do like us. Anyway, we still don't know if anyone can hear us. But today is October 2nd, 2021 at the always technically sound DNRstudios.com, the only place to hear this podcast live. Don't forget to download the new DNR Cast app and subscribe to uh, DNR Studios. Leave us your ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever else you listen. Email me. Me. At admin at adamsank.com. Once again, the phone number is 804-TALK-ASS. Someone's calling in. Uh, hopefully, it's someone telling us about our sound and our levels. Uh, caller, you say... Oh, JB's not ready to pick up, so fuck you, caller. You'll have to <laughs> fuck wait. Fuck you. Um, my co-host is Ryan Frostig. Hey. Who uh, waited for a half hour at the bagel place and then didn't have the code to get into the building. So he was you know a little what? delayed. I re- I, last time I came here, I said... I remember the code. Can you believe it? I, like, wanted praise. Of course, this time I forgot it. So well, with the amount of weed that you smoke, yeah, I might I can't be held accountable for my lack of memory. Here's what I do, because I have no memory for numbers. On my own iPhone contact, where it says myself, yeah. that's where I have the door code stored. 1821 so, was the... Okay, ad- don't okay. announce the door code. No, 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 no. Okay, never mind. Moving on. Can I say one more thing about... Um, Please. The podcast awards. Yes. It really, I mean, it's a shame on so many levels that we lost, but mostly because every year that we are nominated, we have the best acceptance video. Yeah. And luckily for our listeners and for anyone that follows the Adam Sank show on socials, you will get to view that video anyway. 
Yes, I put it on Insta and TikTok. So you can go to Adam Sank on Instagram or Adam Sank Official on TikTok and see what would have been our acceptance uh, video. Because it's true. All the other nominees, they don't put any thought or creativity into No, No shame to any of them. But... Uh, they suck. And uh, Patrick, my boyfriend, who will be here, uh, by the way, next week Ooh. for the first time in studio, um, we watched the entire award show. And let me just say they need a new host. Mm. The host is the guy who created the awards, and he seems like a very sweet man, but he has no business hosting anything. It was deadly boring. And we are sure to get annoyed. I don't give a shit. Yeah, Before no. he got to the awards, he talked for a good 20 minutes about nonsense. Um, but, but yeah, no one else puts any thought whatsoever. They don't even seem to write a script. Even the best comedy podcast, their acceptance was in no way comedic or funny. So I don't quite get how all this works, but yes, watch our acceptance video that was fil- it's fun to filmed by Scott Hernandez. Yes. Lady makes a cameo pod. role. Um, all right, what else? JB, how are we doing with the iPad? Is it working yet? No, but I got the phones. Okay, uh, c- caller, are you there? I hear your lovely, dulcet tones. Okay, we just heard your dulcet tones at, like, volume 10,000. So, yeah, but you know what? The fuck? You're on the radio. You, you're kind of quiet. Yeah, we're too low. And right now when I'm talking to you, I'm getting an echo. Yeah, well, that I'm not worried about the echo because uh, that's only you're the only one that can hear that. But, JB, can, can you boost our levels without killing our ears? <laughs> So you're saying the levels are lower than usual, Gail? Well, I have it halfway up, and I can hardly hear you guys. Well, what if you turn it all the way up? Turn it up. I don't usually have to. Well, for this lovely Saturday. Exactly. You may have to. (laughs) Anyway, thank you, Gail, for, um, for calling in and letting us know that at least we're going out. Onto the airwaves. That's a good thing. Oh, yes. now Dolph Dietrich is calling me. He's our guest phone. for next week. Thank you so much. Hold on, please. Well, there you go, and I'll hang up. I will take Bye, over. Gail. Bye, Gail. Bye. I will take over um, as Adam has had to take a phone call. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I guess we're just working here. Like, we I'm... are. This is this <sighs> is the new era where we just kind of wing it. And you would think after, what, four years, we would be... You know, making these things happen, but you know what? This is the this is the joy. This is the spark of um, live audio recording. Um, this is radio. This is culture. This is life. This is love. I'm I'm not here for any of this. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm used to things going the way I planned it. Like this wasn't because I really was here Thursday with Romaine late last night putting this goddamn board, making sure everything was working for these assholes on Friday. <laughs> And they still had to call me about problems, and now nothing's working the way it's supposed to. And we tested everything. So I am beyond. Beyond. Okay, Adam, you say what? Here's the good news, JB. Right now, we sound totally normal to me again. Yeah. And we weren't for the first, uh, you know, 10 minutes or so. But whatever you did, you did did something. You did a good kid. We don't have the iPad, but we'll just have to live without it. You let um, me know what sound effect, sound effect you need, and I will produce it. I was, trying, I was trying to hit the bottom button. Bottom. But. Okay. Um, let me tell you a few other bookkeeping things before we get into recommended viewing. Uh, well, actually, let's do recommended viewing first. Well, this will be quick for me. I have none. I don't consume new media anymore. I am back to work. I Can am I busy. Can I the bumper before you say you have none? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I forgot we have a really cool bumper. Okay, yeah. let's hear the bumper. 
I hate this segment. Who gives a fuck what anyone else is watching on TV? This shit sucks. <laughs> oh, my God. Love it. That's amazing. Well, um, this shit does suck because I don't have anything to recommend. I did start watching the fourth season of um, uh, Dear White People, which is a series that I have enjoyed. Yeah. But I'm only one episode in, and, you know, it's okay. So because you're now back in the office full-time, you're saying you have no... Yeah, it's hard, because when we started this segment, we were at home doing nothing. So all we were doing was consuming media. And, like, I I actually last week watched the documentary Catwalk. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Suddenly you have lots of recommendations. But I'm not recommending it. It wasn't very good. It was just (laughs) something that I watched that I haven't seen before. Well, the name of the segment is Recommended Viewing, not just Viewing. (laughs) Viewing. This is what I've been viewing. Shade. Okay. Uh, JB, your recommendations. Um, okay, so I actually started watching Titan Season 3, and I really enjoyed it. Plus, Doom Patrol Season 3. Really enjoyed it. I'm only at two episodes in both of them. Like, I've just literally started. I'm planning to finish it by next week because I'm going to Comic-Con. Uh, I got questions. You're going to Comic-Con? I was going to Comic-Con next weekend. Well, that's a headline. Yes. I, I'm really glad we ended up doing Ask this weekend, not next weekend. Because if it was next weekend, I would not have been here. Forgive me. Is this San Diego Comic-Con or no, New York New York Comic-Con. Comic-Con. Are you going to be dressing up as a character? Yes, I will be. What character? Uh, Someone from Naruto. I, from what? From Naruto. It's an anime. Naruto. Oh. Yeah. Well, can you take lots of pictures and show us? I will. I will take lots That's of pictures. That's exciting. I love the idea of JB at Comic-Con wearing some anime costume. I don't do cons no more. I don't do any cons. Um, and I certainly wouldn't do that one. But I think it's cool that yeah. people do it and are into it. And I think it's very cool that JB's going. So kudos to Yudos. Um, I'm going to recommend a series on Netflix that apparently has already had two seasons. I'm still on the first season. It's called You. Y-O-U. It's one of the strangest shows I've ever seen. It stars Penn Badgley from Gossip Girl. It takes place in New York City. He's so hot. He's very sexy. And it's kind of like you feel like you're watching a romantic comedy about a young straight guy and a young straight woman who meet cute and fall in love. But the twist is the guy, it's told from the guy's point of view, and he's a complete sociopath. He's mm-hmm. a dangerous, violent sociopath, and she doesn't know that, but we do. And yet he sees himself as the hero of the story and like a good guy who's got to like, I I I don't want to give any more away. It's just very fucked up because of the tone sets you up for something that is so different from what it actually is. I mean, I like that in some ways, but in some ways that like, that's too much for me. It's pretty disturbing. It's based on a book that was apparently very popular. And um, there's some things, you know, it's, it's a little bit like Gossip Girl in the sense that sometimes you're watching and you're like, I don't believe any of this. I don't believe these characters. I don't believe what's happening right now. But it still keeps you engrossed because the plot is so fucked up. So you on Netflix is my recommendation. Um, okay, let's talk about, we talked about the podcast awards. Uh, oh, this uh, on Wednesday, September 22nd, Ryan, you don't even know this. I released a brand new episode of Ass After Dark. Mm-hmm. This is, these are episodes that can only be heard by DNR Studios subscribers. They are never available to the general public, um, and they're good. I've gotten tremendous feedback, and this time around, because it was the third time I've done it, and they take some time and planning and mm-hmm, effort, mm-hmm. I said, is anyone listening? If, anyone's, if any DNR Studios subscribers are actually listening and enjoying this, please let me know. Shoot me an email at adam at adamsank.com. And I got... Literally dozens of emails. Amazing. People were like, I love it. Don't stop. 
we please would more sex, you know, all kinds of things. So thank more you. Sex. They want you more sex. Well, it, it's supposed to be, there's supposed to be sexual stories. And the first oh, two okay. episodes were very sexual. This one is about my career oh. history. It's well. entitled, She Works Hard for the Money, part one. Because mm. I stopped after a half hour and I was like, is anyone listening? Let me know and I'll do oh part God. two. I will be doing part two next month. But the point is, if you want to hear Ass After Dark, and if you want to hear this podcast live, and be able to call in live like Gail does, then subscribe at dnrstudios.com. It's only six ninety five a month to subscribe to The Adam Sank Show. Or if you want to subscribe to all DNR Studio shows, it's only twelve ninety five a month. It's a really good deal considering how much content you get. If you're someone who spends a lot of time in your car or on a train mm-hmm. or you work out every day and you just want something great to listen to, dnrstudios.com is where it's at. Okay. I'm imagining ass after dark like you in a silk robe lighting candles in your boudoir and it's getting kind a microphone. of like that it is i i actually um i'm I, it's i have a darkened apartment i do it at my mm. my laptop which i just got a new one and my special microphone and i have a big glass of crystal light lemonade and you can hear the ice cubes tinkling throughout and it's uh, i think i create a mood yeah vibes big vibes uh okay Next up, I want to talk about reviews. I know we haven't done any news stories yet. We will get to them, but today is a pig fuck, and um, I'm leaning into it. Pig fuck? You've never heard that expression? No, but I mean, I've, I've been to a pig fuck. You are the, uh, I am the, pig the target fuck. of a pig fuck. Which, what is uh, the expression? A pig fuck is like um, when everything goes wrong. Oh, shit show. Shit show. Sure. There you go. All right. Um, so two things. Yes. First of all, we got a terrible review. Mm, great. That I find to be bullshit because listen to what it says the headline is adam sank is a disappointment one star what a drag this show has become with adam's conservative and common views and his insistence on dragging serious artists one is better off doing something more enjoyable like a laminectomy and that's from voce dal cielo in the netherlands now if you don't like this podcast and you want to you know write a review that's your that's your right to do so but i'm not conservative right. my views are in no way conservative and what serious artists have i dragged yeah let's let's um please cite an example i don't know what the fuck the, i i feel like they either reviewed the wrong show or they're just some fucking troll yeah but the fact that they're in the netherlands is is also very confusing anyway i then got a five-star review hmm. headline y'all need to listen I love the Adam Sank Show. Adam is a wonderful podcast host. He's like a friend I have not met. The co-hosts are excellent, and the guests are entertaining, too. Ask Me No Questions is one of my favorite segments. The rapid-fire questions get the guests talking. If you're a subscriber to DNR Studios, you also get the After Dark bonus episodes, more salacious content. Uh, I'm sorry I don't have the name of the person who uh, wrote that, but thank you to him or her. And here's the point. I realized recently that some people have written and posted great reviews and they don't show up on Apple Podcasts. They get censored or something happens. Someone's mm. out to get me. I'm convinced of it. Oh like, I really am. I'm being shadow banned like everywhere. I'm banned from it, Facebook for 30 fucking days again. You know what? Because I said to my possible. sister I was going to kick her. Someone is fucking with me. So if you've left a review in the past on Apple Podcasts, which is really the only place reviews matter as far as rankings, um, please go and look through the reviews that are posted on this show. And if you don't see yours, 
re- repost it, rewrite it, repost it. I know it's a pain in the ass, but every time we get a bad review, it really fucks up our placement mm-hmm. on the platform. And every time we get a good review, it's incredibly helpful and it boosts our rankings. Um, rankings means we can get some commercials going for the show, make a little bit of money. I'm working very hard to keep this show going. Yes, you are. As is JB. So please do us a favor and leave us a review. A good one. (laughs) Oh, God, that bell is so loud. Um, Okay, now it's time for the news. And we're going to start with a story that isn't even on the rundown because I (gasps) somehow left it out. And it was very important that Elvira has come out as a lesbian. My God. Elvira is someone that I grew up watching. Uh, she was on television when I was a very young child, and now I am 50. Hmm. And she still looks younger than me. Hmm. Cassandra Peterson is her real name. She's 70 years old. Looks phenomenal. She looks amazing. That body never quits. Body, yaddy, yaddy. Best known to the world as Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. She just released a new memoir called Yours Cruelly, Elvira. And in the book, she reveals that she has had a 19-year relationship with another woman known as T, Teresa Wearson. Their relationship began at Gold's Gym in Hollywood when uh, Peterson spotted who she thought at the time was a a hot guy. Mm. She writes, often when I was doing my pre-workout warm-up on the treadmill, I couldn't help noticing one particular trainer, tan, tattooed, and muscular, stalking across the gym floor Knit cat pulled so low over, over his long brown hair that it nearly covered his eyes. Dark and brooding, he gave off such intense energy that when he crossed the enormous gym floor, the waters parted and people stopped in their tracks to stare. It wasn't oh until God. Peterson had a chance encounter in the ladies' room that she realized her bad boy was really a bad girl. <gasps> and the two soon became close, albeit platonically. This is a long story, but basically... Elvira had been married for 25 years to uh, her manager, Mark Pearson, and um, that had ended, and um, she created a relationship with this Teresa woman, and she said, I was so surprised. What the hell was I doing? I'd never been interested in women as anything other than friends. I soon discovered that we connected sexually in a way that I had never experienced. Uh, so as I said, they've been together for 19 years now. She, it's a long time to keep this secret. Yeah. And uh, I saw her interviewed several times over the past couple of weeks, and she's really a lovely, charming person. I think it's great that she's gay now. Yeah. I continue to be fascinated that women can just, some women can just turn on a dime. I know. You know, after being straight for their whole lives, they're just like they fall in love with a woman or vice versa. Women are much more sophisticated than we are. They really are. And I think it's also like they just have the capacity to like care beyond um, like sexual, I don't know, like um, physical preferences or whatever. Like they just fall in love with the person. Yeah. The spirit. They're just like, I feel like women are better friends to one another than men. I just feel like it makes sense, but I'm so thrilled for her. Are you an Elvira fan? I mean, I'm not like a stan, but I have, I mean, I've been a fan of hers since she, since I was first introduced to her, which was on Drag Race, uh, season four. Oh my God. Yeah. That was the first time you ever saw Elvira? Yeah. I mean, that was a while ago, but. So she's been, her career has been going on for 40 
Years. I knew of her. That, right. that, that's not true. I, I knew of her. Like, I knew the name. I've, I saw the image, but I had never, like, seen her perform. Or that was the first time I saw her in, like, a television appearance. She say. started out um, on a local TV channel as, like, the person who would introduce the, uh, the afternoon scary movie or the midnight scary. I can't mm-hmm. remember the details. Mm-hmm. But she just became so popular that she became a nationally known personality and sort of like the queen of darkness. And, but it was always campy and sexy and she was never really scary. No, she was, it was, she was goth and doing drag. Yeah. Kind of exactly doing female drag. I feel like, I mean, as, as long as she's been doing the character of Elvira, she's always worn a wig. Yeah. She's always doing like a different, her her tits are always prominently pushed up. She, I would consider her to be like a drag artist yes she has a real uh, and now she's a, a queer a, a oh. drag influence well i guess she's always been a queer icon even before she sure. came out but now she's like yeah it just makes it better she can take over for ellen <laughs> <laughs> because what network wouldn't want to have a 70 year old <laughs> as the replacement for their outgoing talk show <laughs> not that listen she she she's gonna look this way until she's 100 i yeah. think so um God, the sound is so bad. I is hate it? the sound of my mic. Yeah, it's it's just like I'm. I, I hear the dulcetness. I, I sound okay. You sound great. All right. I feel like we're on I a feel cloud. Like there's a there's like a, a muted quality to it, and there's almost like a little bit of static when I talk. But mm. okay. Mm. In other news, yes, RuPaul made history again this past week. She is now the most awarded person of color in the history of the Emmys. Applause. Stop doing the slow clap. (laughs) This happened after the uh, 13th season of RuPaul's Drag Race beat out fellow nominees The Amazing Race, The Voice, Top Chef, and Nailed It, which is a Netflix show, for Outstanding Competition Program. This is RuPaul's fourth consecutive victory in that category, and it marks RuPaul's 11th Emmy overall. Um, this means that RuPaul has earned more than the previous uh, most awarded person of color, who was Donald Morgan. He was or is a cinematographer who worked on The Jeffersons and Home Improvement. Um, RuPaul had previously tied with Morgan after winning two awards at the Creative Arts Emmys earlier this month, including Outstanding Host for a Reality or Competition Program. So RuPaul took the stage at the Emmys, and she was with Michelle Visage, Got Mick and Simone Simonier? Yeah. And here's what she had to say. Well, thank you so much to the Academy and all of you gorgeous people here tonight, all of the people at World of Wonder, our friends at World of Wonder and uh, Viacom CBS who have been so wonderful. But really, thanks to all of our lovely children on our show from around the world. You know... They are so gracious to tell their stories of courage and how to navigate this difficult life, even more difficult today. This is for you and for you kids out there watching. uh, You have a tribe that is waiting for you. We are waiting for you, baby. Come on to Mama Roo. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Come on. We're going to go back to the table. Yeah. Come on. You got it? I got a little teary when she said you have a tribe waiting for you. Me too. I, I actually was really moved by the speech. And I also, I mean, be to have won 
to to beat this record is amazing, but to have created this empire that is basically, I mean, it's an international mega franchise at this point. It's like it is. It has sort of surpassed, like, I mean, the shows like The Voice and Amazing Race, like, they're not going anywhere. And I think Drag Race has cemented itself as a reality television staple that will be on our television for many, many, many years to come. Yeah, and I mean, say what you want about RuPaul. He's not perfect. There's stories we've done over the years about some problematic things he's said and done. He owns a fracking farm. Right. But... Well, he's really. Wouldn't be confirmed that it's not he that owns it. Well, I mean, it's his husband, his husband but it's still, you know, it's not like ruining. RuPaul, it's still ruining the environment. Of course, but, but it's a but family business. My point is, he's accomplished a tremendous amount, and for a queer person of color to have done all the things he's done and been the first to do this and the first to do that and the most to, you know, it. it, it he's he's really, you know, one of the most self. Uh, actualizing human beings on earth. Absolutely. He's in the same category as like Oprah. Absolutely. You know, it's people who just did everything for the first time and, and and beat all the odds and it's really impressive. Um, So congratulations to RuPaul and world of wonder. And uh, I knew that Brian must've been cheering. If he, were you watching the Emmys? Yeah, I was. I don't know if I actually, uh, I may have turned off the Emmys before he won, but um, I I was watching at one point. It's kind of boring. Yeah, all the award shows are boring these days. They, I think they have forgotten how to do them, or they don't know how to make them relevant to today's yeah. audience. Yeah. Um, don't get me started on the fucking Tonys. Oh, I'm so I'm surprised angry that's not at on Paramount there. Plus. I, I want to. We need to get into that at some point, but maybe not this week. Um. Okay, Brian, can you do me a huge favor and yes. go downstairs? Uh, <laughs> oh my God, Chris is waiting for. The, oh, there he is. Never mind. You can hear that our guest has arrived. Um, yeah, let me just say this quickly. The Tonys this year, the actual award ceremony was only available on Paramount Plus. And then after two hours, you had to switch to CBS to watch like the after show, yeah. which had musical performances and then the, the three major awards. Stop it! Oh my God. I fucking hate my life. <laughs> Shut up. Um, but uh, by the way, uh, Steve Cesaro's husband, Lane, hates when Lady barks and thinks it's very unprofessional. Oh my God. Sorry, Lane doing the best I can. Anyway, um, so I had a, a house full of people. I had like six people over to watch the, the um, Tonys, including Jim Vivian, who oh. is like a, a you know, yes. expert in Tony sure. Broadway trivia and knowledge. And we go and we, for the lives of us, we couldn't figure out how to watch it. It wasn't, there wasn't a, like on their main home screen. It wasn't like, watch the Emmy, really? watch the Tonys here. We searched for Tonys and it brought up past Tony Award seasons, they couldn't have made it harder. And I thought, maybe it's not just us. I went on Twitter. So many people were like, what the fuck, Paramount I, Plus? I did not have that problem at all. When I when I opened Paramount Plus, it was literally the first thing. I, us. I had the same thought. Like, we missed the first 10 minutes. We missed the opening number. Uh, so fuck you, and fuck you for making us work so hard to then switch to another channel. Like, this is already the least watched award show ever. Yes. And it's very important to those of us who care about theater yes. and musical theater. Don't make it harder for people to watch. Make it easier. And don't put it behind a paywall. That's fucking bullshit. Thank you. And they, the, you know, I saw like this was the, the, the lowest ratings in years, but it's like, 
Yeah. Of course. What do you expect? You had to make people go from one to another. It's just absolutely. If I weren't already using Ryan's Paramount Plus login, (laughs) no, actually, I'm using uh, Pat and Ray's. Oh, okay. If I weren't already using my friends Pat and Ray's Paramount Plus login, I would cancel my subscription immediately. Fuck you, Paramount Plus. The streaming situation is truly out of control. I will not get another streaming service. I will not do it. Okay. I want to do a couple more stories, and then we have our guest here. Um, This was a very important story that uh, happened on, uh, I don't know, last week. Remember Don't Ask, Don't Tell? Yes. This was the hideous policy that was supposed to, it it was um, created during the Clinton, Bill Clinton's administration, and it was supposed to stop the process of outing and discharging service members for being queer. And it had the opposite effect because instead of don't ask, don't tell, it just became do ask, be forced to tell and be discharged dishonorably. So thousands of LGBTQ uh, soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines were discharged during that period. And um, the department of veterans affairs announced last week that thousands of those veterans are now eligible for their full government benefits, which they've been denied all these years. This was detailed in a blog post on the VA's website by the Assistant Secretary of Public Affairs. Um, It provides LGBTQ veterans the opportunity to receive assistance ranging from mental health care and disability benefits to college money and home loans. Uh, As I said, Don't Ask, Don't Tell was put into place by then-President Clinton on February 28, 1994. It prevented openly lesbian, gay, and bisexual service members from serving in the military. In 2010, President Obama signed the repeal of the policy into law. Um, That's basically it. But over the last 70 years, an estimated 100,000 military veterans either left or were kicked out of the service because of their sexual orientation. And it's really criminal. And again, this doesn't automatically restore benefits. Basically, each veteran has to fight for their uh, their right to get their benefits back. But at least now there's there's a procedure in place to do so. Yeah. So thank goodness. This is great. I mean, it's a fucking long time coming. Absolutely. Meanwhile, uh, Congresswoman Liz Cheney uh, has come out and reversed her position. Not come out. <laughs> Liz Cheney has come out. Liz Cheney Period. is dating Elvira. No. <laughs> Liz Cheney has come out um, as now in favor of the right of same-sex marriage after famously opposing it for years Her own sister, Mary Cheney, is a lesbian and married to her partner since 2012. Liz attended the wedding and told the brides how happy she was for them. But until now, she was publicly against it. Um, Appearing on 60 Minutes last week, Liz Cheney admitted that she had been wrong. She said, quote, I was wrong. I was wrong. I love my sister very much. I love her family very much. And I was wrong. It's a very personal issue. We need to work against discrimination of all kinds. Freedom means freedom for everybody. And let me just say this. A lot of people on Twitter were like, fuck you, Liz Cheney, you yeah. fucking twat. You know, this doesn't change anything. The fact is, she's doing something good. Yes. And she's one of two Republicans in the entire House of Representatives with any integrity. She and Adam Kinzinger are the only ones who will stand up against President Trump. 
who will stand up and say, yes, let's find out what happened on January 6th and punish those responsible for it, who voted to impeach President Trump the second time. They're the only two. Yeah. So is Liz Cheney a horrible person? I'm sure she is. Her father certainly was. But let's stop punishing people when they do the right thing. Let's instead say, thank you. You should have never held this hideous position, but we're glad that you're now coming out in favor of equality yeah. and not being a hypocrite like you were. And I just, this tearing down of people for what they've done in the past and not recognizing that they're trying to change and get better or, or just don't say anything, but, but why attack her? She's already going to be attacked by the right. Why does she have to be attacked by the left for doing the right thing finally? Yeah. I don't get it. What does it solve? It just is all about clicks and, you know, the if you if you especially like on Twitter, you know, if you say fuck you, you're the worst or whatever, that gets more buzz than anything else. So people just want, you know, clicks and whatnot. But I think that, you know, it is significant that she comes out with this change of opinion because any time, you know, someone who is leaning more to the right hears someone who is a, like a, a major figure on the right say something in favor of our community, I, I just I feel like it's important. It's a win in, in a small way. I, I just think I've said this before on this podcast. When someone does something good, when someone does something right, stands up for justice, stands up for human rights. I don't care why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. I, I applaud it. I thank them for it. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only way we move forward. Um, anyway, I'm done with my soapbox now. Um, our guest is here, as you could hear by ladies, endless uh, barking. So I think we should introduce him and get yeah. going. Our guest today is an ass favorite who has not been on the show in far too long. I think it's possible that he hasn't been on the show since before COVID ever oh was a thing. God. He is currently starring in a burlesque show at the Slipper Room here in New York City that happens the first Thursday of every month. The show is called Chris Harder's Late Night Cravings. And joining us here in studio is everyone's favorite burlesque star, Chris Harder. Hi. Hi, Chris. Oh. Hi. I know, the audience has missed now, you. Now, Chris, your mic sounds better than mine. I was going to say, this is very, um, I feel very surrounded by the sound of my voice, which is kind of horrifying. Do you guys, do you like the sound of your voice? No. No. Uh, I don't you mind know. the sound of my... <laughs> I don't mind the sound of mine if, if the uh, equipment is good. You know what's okay. funny? The thing that you described before about what you were hearing in your voice on the mic... You're now hearing. I'm it. hearing in his. But yeah, not we, in yours. we're having some issues today. I, oh, it's very. Yeah, it's just. It's fine. It's very. You can hear me okay. Though. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. You sound good. How have you yeah. been? I've been. I've been busy. I've been good. Really good. You know, I. I have I've we been, literally not spoken or seen each other in eighteen months? Is yeah, it? I think so. Probably, and certainly yeah, for you. I haven't too. seen you in and JB. Yeah, yeah. years. What have you been doing? Where where are you living? Who are you fucking? Who are you? Who are you again? I'm a new person. Not really. Um, I well over like just the, the past month and a half, I um I suddenly got a new teaching job and I got a grant for a play. And are I, you teaching stripping? I'm not teaching stripping. No. I mean, you could. I I have, as a matter of fact. Yeah. You can look at the New York Times from mm. I don't know 2012. Um, and uh, yeah, and what I've been doing teaching? a lot of. I'm teaching uh, English. Wow. Or English composition. What level? 
Um, uh, freshman. And yeah. In high school? Teacher? College. College. Oh, yeah. that's sexy. <laughs> Are you going to fuck some of your students? No, I'm not. I can't. Don't say oh that. Oh, my God. That's the first place oh my mind my goes. God. So, I'm sorry. Go on. Um, and I've been doing this show, uh, My Late Night Cravings at the Slipper Room, which has been um, really fun. It just feels like, I don't know how you guys feel, but it feels like every day I'm just, like, running to catch up. I feel yeah. behind a lot. Yeah. But it sounds like things are going great. Yeah, they are. They are. And I, I'm very grateful for that. Do you so. have a fellow these days? I don't have a fellow. I have some fellas, but no, um, but not hello. a fellow. Yes. Bonjour. Yes. Bonjour. <laughs> now, you were with someone. I was, yeah. I think I've been... Well, who Did that you? end during the shutdown? He was a fellow Boylesque star, I believe. Oh, yeah. That was um, that was a while ago. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then I had a couple of pandemic flings. Mm. Um, you know, wish them That's the nice best. That's nice to have. COVID sex yeah. is hot. COVID sex is hot. It's, it's either hot or it's just filled with, like, emotional turmoil and stress. <laughs> like it's a, we're, we're living in right. extreme times. Yeah, seriously. Um, you have a partner, though. I do. Right? Yeah. Which is Actually, you'll exciting. probably pass him on your way out the door because okay. he's coming for the second uh, hour that we record. Okay. Uh, he's a big fan of the podcast. But back to you. Naturally. <laughs> I mean, he I better mean, be. That's exactly right. Um, Chris, I don't think, could we've, as many times as we've had you on the show, I don't think we've ever actually asked you about burlesque as an art form. Sure. And I think a lot of people don't really understand what it is. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's not stripping. It's not being a go-go boy, although you've done both those things. Uh-huh. It's not porn, although you've done that. It, it's a very specific art form. Explain burlesque and where burlesque came from. Sure. Okay. Well, let me just contextualize that too that this is just my very generalized approach to it right in my own experience but um you know burlesque has had uh, a lot of well a huge evolution um a a lot of people think it started like mid-1800s with um you know groups that would come over here and find themselves you know without a contract and suddenly be doing like ankle shows or you know i'm doing kind of like themed costumes there was a i'm trying to think it's like someone in the blondettes is or someone in the blonde this is again why i'm not a burlesque historian but um they started performing in like netted suits and so there was there was always this kind of um i think like hint of sensuality but a tease a tease yeah Mm. i guess you know without yeah let's just keep it simple but yeah to me burlesque is a strip and a tease it's always this um negotiation between sensuality and sexuality and humor and wit and um and especially now you know with the revival of burlesque in you know the late 1990s um it's become a very much you know uh female-centered feminist-driven um platform well, and, and performance form for people. So, and that includes, you know, having women and men with yeah. non-traditional body types with, but you know, you don't have to be some sort of ideal. Yeah. You can be plus size, you can be larger than life and, and be sexual and be sensual and show that off. Yeah, absolutely. And I think especially what I've noticed in the past, you know, five years, um, there's been so much talk and rightfully so about making sure that you know, performers of all gender expressions, of all body shapes, of all races and ethnicities are really um, being focused on more because, you know, historically in everything, they're usually not. So, and that's true even in the in the burlesque scene in New York where things are really changing in good ways, I think. Um, so I'm thinking of like 
the most famous burlesque performer probably in terms of like mass audiences would be like Gypsy Rose Lee. Yeah. Right. And, and from what I understand, like Gypsy Rose Lee, she never got naked. Right. Yeah. She never really showed you her tits or her coochie, but she would get on stage with these long gloves and for 10 minutes she would be taking off her gloves. Like it was just this slow, sensual, teasing thing that gave people watching the idea that something outrageous and risque was going on, but really it was just a woman taking off gloves. And that sort of, that sort of wink, that wit mm-hmm. that you mentioned, like I think that's a big part of it, although obviously you show more than that, but you don't get fully naked either. No, no, not usually. Um <laughs> I guess it depends on the show, but yeah. With, um, <laughs> I don't how much they're paying you. Right. Also that. Uh, so never. Uh, Gypsy Rose. <laughs> uh, yeah. With Gypsy Rose Lee too, you know, her big gimmick, um, you know, she's, again, she's such a mystery because a lot of her early career, there's like two years where nothing is known about Gypsy Rose Lee, where mm. she's thought to be, you know, like being paraded around by her mother in these backwoods burlesque houses in the South. And um uh, but yeah, her gimmick was talking and and uh, not necessarily dancing. She wasn't classically beautiful, but she talked. She made people laugh. And um, and while she was doing that, she might be taking off a glove or slowly um, taking pens out of the shoulder uh, seams of her dresses so that they'd start sliding down. Right. Um. So yeah, she was always you know she was so clever and um, I was always anticipating what the audience wanted and you know staying one step ahead of them. Um. And I've seen you. I've seen you do burlesque. You have, and it's hard to explain. Yes, it's hard to explain to someone what you're doing because it sounds basic. It sounds like, well, he's slowly taking off his clothes and dancing, but really, there's such an art to it, especially the way you do it. It's really thrilling to watch. Oh, thank you. How did you? I mean, you you there, you didn't go to burlesque school. Like, how do you learn to do that? Well, I think, you know, a lot of performers in the burlesque scene come from, you know, uh, technically trained theater backgrounds or dance backgrounds um, or musicians or have some kind of, um, they've already developed a kind of um, stage presence. And so a lot of what I've noticed of of burlesque is just kind of taking those skills already and uh, applying them to this idea of creating a striptease act. And that's what I think that's what makes especially New York burlesque so special and incredible is that people find so many different ways to do that, whether it's like, you know, a Star Trek nerdlesque show or, you know, a contemporary take on a classic like gown, glove tease. Um, and I, I just want to back up too. I think what's uh, hard to describe about burlesque is, you know, in gay nightlife, we have go-go boys or drag queens, you know, we don't, um, or... Like when I told my grandma, when my grandma found out I was doing burlesque, um, she was horrified, but she also thought about these topless shows in Las Vegas that she went to with my grandfather, you know, in these, you know, old time casinos. So it it has so many different iterations, but um, I think that's kind of maybe why it's both hard and exciting um, to see it because it's always kind of being reinvented with each new performance. You've done, as I, as we mentioned, you've done sex work you know you've, mm-hmm. you've been a porn star and uh and you've been a you know non-burlesque stripper mm-hmm. but it seems like over the last few years you've gravitated back toward artistic endeavors was that a conscious choice where you just like i'm done selling my body and i'm and i want to be an artist again like well, how did you I want to find another way to sell my body but yeah. for less money <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> right because you probably did make more money yeah, the other way. For a time, yeah. I think, um, and you know, no, um, 
no shame to anyone who continues to work in the sex industry no. either, of course. Um, and I think, you know, depending on, uh, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I've had five hours of sleep. I'm just thinking, like, it's so it's so hard to say, like, what is artistic and what isn't artistic, you know? Sure. Like, in terms of, um, I think there's people that do really interesting um, art porn or, you know, even on OnlyFans or Just for Fans where they're editing and creating their own content, and there's an artistry to that as well. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, for myself, I feel like... Um, I feel like I am really glad that I uh, had a career in the sex industry and it taught me a lot about my body and uh, um, and a lot about how I just see the world in terms of, you know, sex and power. Uh, but I'm kind of a big clown at the end of the day, you know? Right. So it's, I don't think I ever really fit, my aesthetic ever really fit in that world. Well, and you're um, a theater person. You have an interest in, in serious theater. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I think I, it was just kind of like a natural transition for me I, because it, certainly at one point too, I just felt like, you know, if I'm going to stay in the sex industry, I probably need to either start thinking about being a director or producer or working behind the scenes. Um, and I just knew I didn't want to do that. Right. So, yeah. Do, I think we probably asked you this at one point, but the sex that you had on camera was it fun or was it? Did it just feel like work? Um, both. Yeah. There were days where it felt really fun and days where it definitely felt like work. And I think it just started to feel more and more like work. And that was another, you know, signal to me too. Right. Yeah. So back to your love life, <laughs> since you're single and since we have many people huh. listening, um, what do you look for in a romantic partner? What, how would you describe your, if you can see him in your mind's eye, who is your perfect mate? Um, I think, you know, I think I'm open. I try to be open to a lot in terms of uh, who that person is or what they look like. I think uh, humor is always big for me. Also, though, you know, um, kind of like burlesque, taking it full circle again, mm -hmm. I need like an equal measure of uh, sensuality and humor. So I, I think in past relationships, there's been different balances there, like ones that were really more sex-based that didn't end up working out because we had nothing in common. And relationships where, you know, we really understood each other, but the sex just wasn't exciting and never really took off. So, and again, it's like, isn't that what we're all looking for, right? As someone who like, I think so. I think that's really well and also makes us laugh. Yes. But, so I think you just hit it on the head. I think the the best experiences of my life, and I can describe my current relationship this way too, is that you have incredibly hot sex that is serious. Like there's no mm -hmm. laughing. And then as soon as it's over, you both start laughing and you make each other laugh and you lie mm -hmm. in bed and, and just crack up for hours. Like to me, that is, there's no better combination of all of the human feelings and expressions as like sex followed by laughter, humor. Yeah. And it is hard to find that in the same person. And mm -hmm. also, I mean, and you have that too. I have that too, but I was, I, I just was recently listening to another podcast where they said that. Your partner doesn't have to be the funniest person in the world, but they have to be the funniest person in the world to you. And yeah. that's the thing. Like, my boyfriend is a total introvert, but he makes me laugh so hard just doing mm -hmm. the smallest things that other people might not find funny. But to me, it's hilarious. So humor is, is obviously subjective. Yeah. But you know when someone, like, is on the same page as you as far as yeah, definitely. what makes you laugh. Definitely. Yeah. Can I ask, how did you guys meet your boy, your respective boyfriends? 
Scruff. I don't think I know the answer. Oh, it's scruff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I met mine in an equally classy way. I met him in, in, in the men's room at the Eagle. Yeah. At the Eagle. Right. Which yeah. is very like on romantic, Pride like for you specifically. Like that is, <laughs> that is the only way I would imagine you to meet your person. Well, if I think back, every serious boyfriend I've met in some kind of sleazy way. Yeah. yeah. That's very on brand for me. But I think in a way that speaks also just to like the need for, relationships that feel sexually satisfying to yeah you, well right? that's right because i have gone i've tried it the other way mm-hmm. i've tried it just going on a date with yeah. someone i've never hooked up with and having dinner and the fact is even if i really like their personality and feel like there's a spark who the hell knows if we're going to be sexually compatible right i know how disappointing it's so disappointing and when you have to say to someone like I really, you're a great guy, but I'm just not into you. That's a hard thing to say yeah. to someone. That's basically why I'm in therapy. It's just to keep practicing how to say that to yeah. people. <laughs> well, and, and when you meet someone in a sleazy way, like, for example, through Scruff, it's mm-hmm. like the the sex kind of, once you get that out of the way and you, like, you know, oh, this is good, mm-hmm. then right. everything that comes like outside of sex is like really exciting yes oh you you're into theater too that's so cool i had no idea right Right. oh you you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. and even though sex is always going to that that intensity for each other is going to wane over time Mm -hmm. it always Mm -hmm. does at least you can have the memory of when you were so fucking hot for each other that you could barely breathe i used to cry all the time (laughs) like when i would have orgasms with with my partner because they were that intense. Like yeah. I would literally like break down into tears wow. and like, not in like a weird, like crazy way. Just like, no. you know, like, Oh my God. <laughs> I think you have to have that at the beginning so that you can remember it on the days when it's tough. Yeah. You exactly. can remember like, I really, I really am into this person, even if he's annoying me right now. Yes. Which by the way, is not about you, honey. Cause you never. Annoy me. <laughs> All right. Time for Patrick, darling time for everyone's favorite at home quiz show. Ask me no question. That flew by. by the way. Ask me no question. Well, Ask we me still no have question. 10 minutes, so yeah. I wanted to take some time with this one. Okay, great. Uh, which item of clothing, Chris, do you own that makes you feel the sexiest when you wear it? Oh, just out of anything? Out of not anything multiple you choice. Um, I had this pair of leather pants from Mr. S Leather that I only wear like once every couple of months. And they're like really tight and constricting and don't show off like anything, you know, because mm, they're right. like fully mm-hmm. covered. But I feel really hot when I wear them. Hot and powerful. Nice. So it's not how they look to others. It's how they make you feel. Yeah, I do think they look good too. But um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think maybe the that this pant mine's a pair of long underwear oh yeah uh which i just patrick just saw for the first time i have these like red oh my um, God. long johns that are like form-fitting and they're the only thing i own that makes both my dick and my ass look good yeah because it's kind of like being naked that's mm-hmm. what they look like um and i have worn them out like i've worn them to the eagle and stuff mm-hmm. over the years mm-hmm. do you have an article of clothing that makes you feel very sexy i do it's actually like a sleeveless black um blouse um it's not a tank but you know those like cutoffs yeah Yeah. but um it was like five dollars at a thrift store Mm -hmm. and it just like makes me feel so sexy it's very like you know late 90s kind of yeah jb do you have anything that makes you feel sexy when you wear it my jockstrap yeah a specific Mm -hmm. one or just any jockstrap well i only have one i never wore a jockstrap but when i have 
Do you ever put it on when you're alone and just look at your... All the time, because there's no one else looking at it. Oh. <laughs> what? Sad trombone effect. I don't, I don't have... I'm so pissed off. I don't want to talk. Why? What's wrong, baby? Oh, because of the sound? Yes. Listen, I got you. I Shout out to JB. You yes. Yes. MVP. You made this shit work once again. Yeah, he's really upset. Baby, oh. I love you. You did a great job. It's not your job. fault. We right. People can hear us. We sound fine. It'll be perfect next week. Okay. Or actually the week after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, getting back to Chris. Which best describes your... The, <laughs> Well, These are almost all new, all new questions. <laughs> Which best describes the current state of your hole? Hardwood floor, landing strip, or George of the Jungle? Oh, in terms of like like hair, yes. right? I think it's um, I think it's edging towards George of the Jungle. Oh my I'm, God, all, yes. I'm all about like a natural, a natural man. You like an ass bush? <laughs> I, I do. That. I mean, I I like. With my whoever my partner happens to be, I'm all about whatever they want to do. I kind of always bristle, especially because gay men are always so opinionated and yeah. always, you know, always tell us their opinions. I but, feel very attacked. Um, it's not as I look at Adam, but you know when you know when guys are like, "Don't shave your chest," or, "Don't shave yeah, yeah. your bob," I'm yeah. like, "Just do whatever the fuck you yeah. want." But it's, um, yeah, for me, I like I like um a natural. And you don't, don't feel, and I'm not judging, but mm-hmm. you don't feel you are unclean. <laughs> When, well, you're, when your hole is hairy and you've taken a dump? I don't because I have a bidet. I have a bidet too. And I now. only go where I have a bidet. Actually, it's... <laughs> I only go. You only go in your own cage. Right? I um, I actually like start to have uh, not anxiety, not full-blown anxiety attacks, but like my big fear of traveling now is not COVID. It's that I will not have access to a bidet. Me too. Once um, I got one installed, I, I have the tushy toilet. I cannot. It feels so disgusting yeah. to take a dump somewhere else and only have toilet paper. Yeah. It's like, so yeah. I'm just going to walk around with a dirty hole the rest of the day? Have you ever sometimes, like, I will, like, take a bunch of paper towels. I'll, like, lock. If it's in a public restroom, I'll, like, lock the restroom. And oh, I'll yeah. just, like, yeah, make your own ass wipe. My hole mm-hmm. in sink. Oh, <laughs> yes. But, you know, Patrick is into uh, hair. Yeah. And I am not. I've always shaved everything mm-hmm. from the neck down except for my arms and legs. Yeah. But now, oh I've got, my God. I've got gray and white hair growing out yes, of my chest, nice. which I think looks hideous. No. And I do have a bit of a landing strip on the crack right now, but that may be going soon because I really hate it. He I, likes it. I, I think it's really. Oh, yeah, well, oh no, I was just going to say, like, I love the smell of a bush. Uh-huh. Like, <sighs> my, my boo. His bush literally smells like his butt bush. No, his his bush bush it smells mm. like front bush. It's like it's like it's like natural poppers. Yeah, like it really is. Like I I go down there and I'm like, wow, this is the universe. This is the world. Like uh-huh. this is amazing. I think that's also hard too because I've had partners who really were not into hair at all, mm-hmm. or or like, and again, like odor is you know different for everyone. But um, it ended up kind of killing our sex life too mm. because it was such a you know point of. Uh, Absolutely. All right. I've been asking guests this lately, Chris. Pick one of the following guys to fuck you (laughs) Bear, Twink, Boy Next Door, Leather Daddy, Frat Guy. Huh. Interesting. Um, I think I'd go with Bear. Interesting. Mm. I'm always surprised by the answer. Why Bear? Um, I mean, because I feel like I've had sex with uh, a lot of men with a lot of different backgrounds and bodies. Um, yeah, but not a lot of bears, actually. So, oh, so it would be something kind of novel. You're saying not even novel. I think, um, I don't know, or a twink for that matter. You know, it's 
I think what's more interesting to me now is um, sex with people that I normally wouldn't consider taking home or, you know, it's almost like a challenge, not a challenge, but like, if I think of myself as being open to everybody's life, then yeah, then might as well just, you know, explore and see. Okay. Now when you did uh, porn, you used your real name. I did. Correct. But what is your porn name in terms of your first pet and your mother's maiden name? Okay. My, oh, it's actually good. It would be Bruce Wise. Oh, Bruce Wise. That's not bad. I know, that's right? Why one. did I not fucking think of that? I love that you had a pet named Bruce. Yeah, Brucey. Well, I mean, Brucey. Was that a dog? It was a dog. Mine is Trixie Lipton. Trixie Lipton. <laughs> Mine is. <laughs> Which sounds more like a drag queen. <laughs> uh, Pixie Burke. Oh, that's good. Pixie, Pixie yeah. and Trixie. Yeah. Um, what's the best advice your mom ever gave you? Um, I often think about my mom a lot in terms of this uh, after moving to New York. It wasn't necessarily advice, but my mom, for better or for worse, um, has no tolerance for bullshit whatsoever and can usually get heated pretty quickly. And so in New York, you know, um, sometimes patience, sometimes patience is a virtue. Sometimes it's not. And there's been moments where I have to go into Teresa mode where I'm like, just summon my mom and um, just lay down lay down the law you know so she's not a patient person not really if my mom's listening to this Teresa, if you're listening (laughs) she she probably isn't but i love you (laughs) uh last question what's the creepiest thing someone's sent you online oh um occasionally i used to get uh um someone be oh this is so bad uh i used to get like weird not weird but requests from guys and i couldn't tell if it was like a fantasy thing but they'd be like me and my brother want you to come over and blah, blah, blah. Or, you know. So, like, incestuous. Yeah, things. my father and I was like, oh, I can't. <laughs> I know, for, you know, again, like, yeah. whatever happens in the bedroom between consensual adults. Why doesn't that gross me out? Because um, <laughs> I'm thinking, like, and I think you just mentioned this, though. That it's a fantasy. Is it, are they, are they contacting you in the fantasy, like, like, I'm playing the father, this is the, or are they actual? Right, yeah. right, exactly. So that is a little... Yeah. Chris Harder, how can people follow you online? We're out of time. Okay, you can follow me um, on Instagram uh, at the Chris Harder, And you can also check out slipperoom.com to see my shows. Next one is no, uh, October... What's the, next it's, Thursday? It's the first Thursday in October, it's whatever the, that is. Whatever that and those shows is. sell out quickly, you guys. So get your tickets if you're in New York. Chris, what happened to your website, by the way? October 7th. I took it down. Mm-hmm. I took it down mid-pandemic. I kind of regretted it. I feel like I've been... Well, that's a whole other podcast. All right. but, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. We love you. I know it was we a do. hassle to get oh, here today. Yeah, but, no, no. Um, but I hope you'll come back again soon. Absolutely. Best yes. of luck to you on your show. And everyone needs to tune in next week to hear another brand new ask. Because not only will my boyfriend Patrick be in studio for the first time, but so will legendary porn star Dolph Dietrich. JB, how are we doing with the closing music? Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merchandise at adamsank.com. Follow me. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Follow Ryan Frosting at Ryan Frosting on Instagram. Follow JB at Stocking Anarchy 12 on Instagram. Uh, I'm on TikTok at Adam Sank Official. Uh, go there if you want to watch the acceptance video for the award we didn't win. Um, email me anything at adam at com. I love to hear from you all. Have a great week, bitches. Don't forget to leave your reviews Good for the reviews. podcast. Good reviews, please. And fuck you, Netherlands. Bye. Bye.